Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio. I am your host, Angel Bernard. What is going on? How's it going? Uh, we're just going to have a little late night bonus episode tonight for you guys. It's currently the middle of the night. Uh, I'm in an undisclosed time zone and I was tossing and turning, unable to sleep as usual. And I know the reason why I can't sleep. So I, th- I think it's best to just kind of go into why I'm recording this. I'm recording this because I- I'd like to make an apology. Uh, I'm saying these words uh, with a heavy heart because, you know, I think maybe in the last episode I, I I did cross a few lines. It probably wasn't the best idea to call out our entire political infrastructure. So right here and now, I'd like to make a formal apology to absolutely fucking no one. And you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! This is my home. They're going to need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here. They're going to need to send in the National Guard or a fucking SWAT team because I ain't going nowhere. Fuck them. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I'm really just recording this because I figured I, I'm not the only one who is going to be bombarded with my own thoughts tonight. That's that's the real reason why I'm recording this. And people, they always ask me, you know, what? Like, why can't you sleep? What's on your mind? Um, I don't know. Maybe the inevitable collapse of civilization or the fact that I'll be paying off my student debt until the day I die. There's a couple of reasons why I can't sleep, you know, just to think about on the top of my head. Um, so this episode, it may be 10 minutes, it may be three hours, who knows? I always say three hours, but I never do it. I'm always like, fuck it. Today I'm going to do a three-hour episode, but I never do. Uh, here's the thing, three hours is hard to do, man. Three hours is really hard to do. Like I, I know people think they can just somehow get off the couch and do a three-hour pod with no experience whatsoever, but it's... It's it's a lot more different than you think. It it's it takes some time to adjust to talking behind a microphone. A lot of people look at Rogan and automatically assume that they can do what he does, but I really don't think you can. And I'm I'm still kind of making my adjustments. You know, I I think I'm barely getting to a point where I can feel even the slightest bit more relaxed and have kind of like a easier flow. But you know, on a serious note, people, I wanted to release this podcast mainly because I felt like the last episode, the last episode was a little short. Yeah, 26 minutes. What the fuck was that, man? Go fuck yourself, okay? This po- this podcast is free. You work 16 hours and then have to record and edit a podcast all night. It's fucking tiring. But jokes aside, I, f- I felt like I was kind of shorting you guys with the duration of the pod. So I just wanted to throw a little bit more, a little bit more your way. You know, I... I think this one is going to be more of a of a different vibe. Uh, it's going to be more laid back, more at ease. You know, sometimes you just have to take the Rolex off, hang up the cult robe, put on some Costco sweats, throw on a hoodie three times your size, and, and just relax. No shame in that, man. There's no shame in that. So that's kind of what I want this the vibe of this episode to be. I mean, you can't talk about the end of the world all the time. I mean, I can. Don't get me wrong. Nothing brings me more joy than shouting into the void about the end of the world. But, you see, talking about the Illuminati and babbling about the end of the world, that's not the entire experience. 
because you know some some of the best moments I had they it was when I was in school when we would all be in the studio late at night having a couple drinks or had just partaking in some herbal medicine and you know we would just be talking to each other and getting to know one another and just having real conversations and we actually had a whole system to celebrate the end of the academic quarter it was like broken down to a science uh this is usually how it went we we would all basically live in the studio for like the two or three days leading up to our deadline not sleeping living off of ramen red bull from the vending machines uh, people would sleep under their desk for two hours instead of going home it was just a complete sprint through hell but nothing was better than that moment when you finish presenting your projects there was nothing like that first breath of fresh air after being inside for two days straight with the entire weight of the world off your shoulders you could just feel the 12 weeks of non-stop stress leaving your body as you exited the building and once everyone finished presenting we would all head back to the studio by our desks have a couple of drinks maybe step outside with some friends to participate in some legal recreational activities and and you would just talk about you know what the move was that night how were we going to celebrate escaping that hellscape normally we would just head over to a bar a few blocks away you know we would have a nice meal like the first one that we had in days a meal that wasn't from a fucking vending machine or from a gas station and we would just let the drink start flowing just drowning those fucking things letting it all kick in and now you're starting to feel really good now you're talking and laughing and just enjoying that you made it through and without fail every time i would be in these moments i would just stop for a second and i would think oh shit it's wednesday i haven't slept since monday but yet somehow I, I feel more awake than I have in days. So that's the kind of vibe I want this episode to be. Just laid back, stress-free, throw your feet up, spark a number, pour yourself a heavy glass and just relax. Maybe you had a long week. Your boss was a prick. Your toxic ex is hitting you up again. Just say fuck that and let yourself enjoy the moment. And listen, I know I constantly talk about how society is falling apart and how we're living in modern slavery. But hey, sometimes you just have to say fuck it. I know everything is going to hell, but I just need to have this glass of whiskey before it does. So that's the vibe this episode is going to be. This episode, it's, it's really just me playing the politician and trying to seem a bit more human. You know how those politicians, they, when they're campaigning through Iowa or Ohio or Wisconsin, and they're in one of those tiny farm towns with a population of like 23 fucking people. And they'll take their blazers off and roll up their sleeves to seem more like the everyday Joe, to seem more personable. They roll up their sleeves and tell them how important they are to the economy and to this country. And they just say the same speech that they've said in the previous hundred small towns. I guess, I guess that's, I guess what I'm doing is I'm, I'm lying to you with this podcast, but which is, hey, that's fine. I speak the truth every single week. Who knows? Sometimes, you know, the, the truth is always ugly. So sometimes a lie, it's nice to, you know. Lies are pretty. It's nice to be around that sometimes. So that's basically what I'm doing right now. This is this is you getting to know your cult leader and just hang out. This is my way of campaigning to gain your support. This is how I campaign through Iowa and Pennsylvania and the other important swing states. Except the difference is I don't have a tour bus that was paid for with corporate money. But really, I, I think it would be great if the entire cult had a weekly meeting, like at a nice steakhouse. 
and like a dim back room with the blind shut and have dinner, a few drinks. It could be a nice relaxing dinner where you tell me how much you love the podcast and tell me how funny and great I am and how I'm the messiah. I think that would be a really good thing to have every single week. We could maybe, we could maybe have it on Sundays. I can pass around an offering plate. You can throw some cash in there. It can be some sort of twisted happy hour that you have to, you know, it's like it's like a weird twisted happy hour that you would have at work, but instead I'm preaching fake biblical verses. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we were done eating. We would finish eating, and you guys would cover dinner, obviously. Um, I mean, come on. You're going to make your leader pay? Forgot It's a $50 prime rib. Don't be so stingy. Just pay already. Fuck. And once that was done enough times and I had enough saved up, I, I would just kind of like flee the country i think that's exactly what i would do yeah that's actually yeah that's exactly what i would do i i hope biden has an open border policy just so i can get the fuck out of here that's what i really want i want the open border so i can leave so i can get the fuck out of here i'm actually kind of in the early stages of planning out a kind of year or two abroad where i just kind of see where the tide is going to take me I've always been someone who likes to try new things and who hates repetition. And now I'm at a point in my life where I have somewhat of a little bit of freedom to be able to work from home. So I, I really want to take advantage of that. I think you would have to, I think you'd be crazy if you didn't take advantage of that. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to ride the wave and see where the next couple of years take me. I like to think of myself as kind of a free spirit who's attracted to the finer things in life, like mansions and elite families. That's how I would describe myself. I think I should make that my Tinder bio. Uh, no, no, but some of the places I'm thinking of are Tokyo, Amsterdam, Dublin. Just kind of get lost in the world. I'm not saying this is going to happen next month. I'm saying these are the plans over the next couple of years. I love to just kind of start in Greece and then like, whore my way up Europe until I hit Amsterdam. And then when I got there, I'd kind of just fall into like a haze for like three months. And then I think then, and only then, I would I would be ready to settle down. Uh, but, but we all have to start small, folks. We have to start in major American cities. And then once we're robbed in every single city, then and only then would we be ready for the international travel. Yeah, I think I think that's what it's going to take. That's dude, that story it still makes me laugh, man. I I can't believe I was fucking robbed. Who the fuck gets robbed? St still a great fucking city. I'll probably head back to Chicago soon, I think. Probably track down that guy who robbed me, shake his hand for humbling me up, probably buy him a deep dish and and then you know he he'd probably rob me again. Uh I was actually I was actually doing research on which like international city I'd want to go to first, and I'm really thinking Tokyo, man. I would love to go to Japan and just stay there for like three months before the visa stuff starts getting a bit tricky. It's beautiful, dude. Amazing city. Clean, respectful people. No one is waving around flags, not wearing masks, screaming how science isn't real. None of that's going on. And you know why? Do you know why no one is doing that? Because if you did that, they would throw you in jail which is, that's what I want. Why can't we have that here? I don't want there, I don't want there to be any more mouth breathers. I'm sick of them. And you know what? There aren't any over there because they actually value education and intelligence in that country. 
the only thing that's really keeping me from heading over there, it, it's that certain recreational activities are illegal there. Like, like really illegal. I like, obviously I knew drugs. They were, you know, they were illegal in Japan and it was a bit more conservative, but I didn't know just how criminalized they were in Japan until I looked it up. The penalty for even having the slightest bit of marijuana on you in that country is a minimum of five years in a Japanese prison. That is insane. And for those of you who are automatically going to say, oh, wow, you can't go three months without marijuana, go fuck yourself, okay? Go fuck yourself. Yes, I could. That's not hard to do. I would just, you know, I would just become an alcoholic and smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. It's not a big fucking deal. Uh, my school, actually, they had a lot of international students, which is, which is fucking cool. And some of them, the countries that they were originally coming from, they had super strict weed laws, super strict. So when they would get back to school after summer break, man, they would just go all out. Like, let's just say they would make Snoop Dogg proud. Like, like let's leave it at that. Actually, one of my roommates, her brother came to visit uh, from the country she was originally from. And he told me, you know, like, it's so hard to get weed from when they're in their country. I guess he, he told me he has to drive like 45 minutes into the middle of nowhere and it's like super shitty weed like that's insane that's insane man i i would love to go like as an undercover like as a reporter for vice and do a documentary of like the underground drug world in countries with with laws that strict just to see all of the trouble and all the sneaking around they would have to do to sell a gram of weed i think that would be badass honestly so yeah, maybe you guys should tag Vice and you guys should maybe get me on there. I think that'd be really cool. Speaking of weed, uh, I was watching a Seth Rogen interview and he was talking about how he makes movies. And man, that that guy is inspiring. That like I know he kind of became famous for being like the funny chubby weed guy in all the movies, but holy shit, dude, that guy. I think he's a ro- I, I really think he's become a role model of mine. I actually watched like three different interviews of his actually. Uh, the first one was on how he goes about making movies. The second was him breaking down his iconic movies. It was a GQ thing. And the third was about his new weed company, Houseplant, which is dope. Uh, for me personally, I I love hearing about people who are at the top of their game talk about their creative process. So I think that's why I really enjoyed those interviews so much. I think my favorite thing about the creative process is that it varies from person to person. What works for me isn't going to work for someone else. It's a lot like health and nutrition in that aspect. Uh, That's why I don't really pay attention to any of these gurus. Just because, you know, they somehow hit the lottery doing their song and dance, it doesn't mean that you will too. It's not like their blueprint is going to work for you. So don't fall for that shit, man. Just do what you think is best, but also be open and not be so set in your ways. There's nothing worse than being around someone who just refuses to grow in any single way. And like this, these people, they all say the same thing. It's all the same bullshit. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, then if you can't do that, I guess it's time to put the dog down, huh? I mean, boomers love using that expression just to like they use that expression just like as an excuse to be complete pieces of shit and to avoid any accountability. Fuck them. 
Like, you bet your ass I have a boomer episode coming. You can put your money that I have a boomer. I have a boomer bashing episode coming. And it's going to be nine hours long. No, no, but okay. But on a serious note, like I, I really am interested in someone's creative process. I think being able to see someone in their element, no matter what it may be, sales, tech, medicine, it doesn't matter. But seeing them in their element where they seem to be more at home than in their actual home, I think that's fascinating. Like that's the person I want to talk to. That's the person I want to get to know and see what their process was. I bet a doctor's creative process is much more different than mine, but I, I promise you there are overlapping elements that could be applied to my industry and to my career. So that's what I loved, that's what I loved about studio. You, you would see everyone working on the same project concept, but everyone's result was drastically different because everyone's process was different. It showed you that no one thinks the same. It, it, it showed you that no one is meant to follow in each other's footsteps. If that were the case, it wouldn't be fun. That's like people want the blueprint, but they feel like that's not fun. The fun is creating your own blueprint. I enjoy doing this podcast because it's another way to expand my creative process. Like there's nothing more that I love than just writing out some jokes to try out on you guys and make you laugh. I love that shit. But that doesn't mean that that's, that's the blueprint that that's going to work for you. And so that, that's why I was so interested in these, these Seth Rogen interviews. And also mainly, you know, because his new weed company looks badass. The branding is cool, very minimal and modern, but I love it. Great name too. Great fucking name. Houseplant. Can you think of any better weed company name than Houseplant? And so, Seth, I know you're listening to this podcast because, as we all know, it is the biggest podcast in the world. So please reach out to me so we can collab and I can design some cool shit for you. So feel free to DM my assistant on Instagram and we can set something up. You can pay me in crypto. I don't know if you guys have heard, but crypto is skyrocketing. Uh, Visa, PayPal, they all jumped onto it. Ethereum is so close to hit to hitting 2000. Can I get a fucking woo? I cannot wait to throw every single dollar of my podcast contract into crypto and then faking my own death. You have no idea how excited I am to do that. I know I always talk about faking my death and for the most part I'm I'm joking, not really, but also, I'm constantly talking about it because I just think there's something hilarious about my closest friends and family all gathered at my funeral and people are crying and there's violins playing and people are just really going through it, you know, and they go through the process of bear. Actually, no, I don't want to be buried. I want to be cremated. So, you know, they they have a nice dinner catered by in and out because that's what I would have wanted. And people are drinking and smoking and laughing and having a good time. Like I want a happy funeral. I don't want a depressing one. I want an Irish wake where everyone is just getting bombed and celebrating life. That's what I want. And, and you know, after, after everyone who knew me but who weren't really in my inner circle, eventually after they stumbled home, the ones who were close to me, the ones who really knew what a scumbag I was, they would all gather and split a joint or four and, you know, they would smoke it and it would just be complete silence for minutes until they got about halfway through the joints and then they would all look at each other for a few seconds 
And at the same time, almost as if it were scripted, out loud, they would all say, do you think that motherfucker is really dead? <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs>